welcome to this Sunday morning meeting podcast from Kingdom Faith Yorkshire. Today's message is by Paul Abel. Well, praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stay in this place of God's presence, but take a seat if you haven't already. Hallelujah. Thank you, team. Hallelujah. In what might seem like a rather change of direction, but actually is not, uh, I want to ask you a question. Uh, how many of you like donuts? Yeah. Hmm, quite a good number. Okay. How many of you were like chocolate? And how many of you like carrot sticks? Okay. Some of you all three, some of you none, some of you enthusiastic for the healthy option, which is good. Um, let's imagine, I'm just going to stick with donuts for a minute. And uh, imagine a donut, just the type of donut you like. Maybe you like the traditional sugar coated with a delicious jam inside that's just going to cover your shirt. You know, maybe that's the one that you really like. And if that's the case, let's think about that donut. But if, you, you know, if you're a bit modern and trendy and you prefer chocolate inside, then we still love you. But just imagine that one instead. Or maybe it's one of those, you know, modern ones that comes in boxes at railway service stations or motorway service stations, rather, you know. Crusty creme. Maybe that's it, you know. One of them will be like, oh, I could do with one of them. Just imagine you're really hungry right now. You haven't had any sugar. (laughs) There's so many people in this room want a donut right now. The more we talk about donuts, the more you'll start thinking about donuts. The more trouble you are, have, uh, you are having right now of thinking, how am I going to get to the end of this sermon? They don't even do donuts in the hub. This is unfair, Paul. Let's imagine that you have decided to fast donuts. <laughs> now, in this context, this immediate context of imagining them, imagine you've decided you are going to fast donuts. Well, obviously, the first thing you're going to do is you're going to go to your very favorite donut supplier, or make them if you're skilled in that way, uh, and you're going to get that donut. And of course, when you sit down, maybe at your desk to work, or maybe just uh, in your living room, uh, and you're going to put that donut on full display right in front of you, aren't you? You're going to see that donut every single moment. And that's really going to help you as you fast from donuts. In fact, you could buy several. You could have one in every room of the house, readily available, just there, scrummy, fresh. You know, maybe you've got a, a special donut cryogenic chamber that just keeps that donut at pure freshness, ready to eat. And you make sure you have it wherever you go. You put it in your bag when you leave the house. You sneak it in to McDonald's hoping nobody knows you've brought your own food. But you've got a donut and you love donuts. So you take it with you, but you're fasting from them. I don't think this is a particularly good strategy. I don't know about you. The way the human mind works is if it's there in front of you, it is so much harder to avoid it. And we have an amazing God-given imagination. You know, I've done similar things before, but if I say to you right now, don't think of a green mouse, immediately every single one in the room was disobedient. Maybe you got hold of your thoughts quickly, don't you shake your head at me, Jossie? 
if I say green mouse to you, there is something going on in your head to do with green mice. You thought of a pink elephant. That's because you are strange. But if I tell you to think of a green mouse wearing a red floppy hat, you've already put a red floppy hat on your green mouse. Even though I said don't do that. And don't, whatever you do, give him a walking stick and wellingtons. And already you've got a green mouse with a red floppy hat and a walking stick and wellingtons. This is a God-given ability. Not to see green mice, admittedly, or donuts particularly either. But it's something God has given us. It's, it's, our, it's linked very closely with our prophetic gifting. Because it's about seeing what God is doing. It's about putting in front of you who he is. See, many people, everyone in this room will have different temptations that they struggle with, different sins that they find it easier to get into than others. It's just a fact of life. That's how we are. And everybody loves to judge the ones on people that we don't have a problem with. Oh, no, I I don't have a problem with drinking. I'm superior. You know, there's always something you're quite good at resisting. Something, you know, I don't have a problem with lying. Well, I do have a problem with lying. I hate it. But I don't have a problem lying. It's not difficult for me to avoid it. But for someone else, it can be a real struggle. It's become a habit. It's been something that you do. And there are so many other things out there. We're not going to go through a list of those. But what a lot of people do in an attempt to avoid those is they think, I will not. I will not. No, I must not do that. I must not do that. Just like looking at donuts. But the problem is, the more you think about not doing it, the more it's there. The more you want to avoid eating a donut, the more you put it in front of you, the more you want to eat a donut. The more someone tells you not to think about green mice with red floppy hats, walking sticks, and Wellingtons, the more likely you are. There's an awful lot of individual green mice in, in people's minds around this room, but still, it's very difficult not to just because someone says not to. And that's why in this part of our journey with God, God is saying, fix your eyes on Jesus. He's not saying there's nothing else, there's nothing else you need to deal with in your life. You're all a perfect bunch. Just, just gaze in adoration at Jesus. He's not saying that, although he is saying gaze with adoration at Jesus. He's saying, look to Jesus because that needs to be your fixation. It's Jesus, not a donut that we should have with us. It's Jesus we're focusing on. I mean, in the journey we've been going on right now, I love this emphasis on running a race with our eyes fixed on Jesus. It means there's progress. This is what God has been speaking to us again and again just over the past few months. As he, you know, I love what God does, don't you? He takes you through things. He gives you revelation here. Look at all those um, orange and blue uh, and, and white messages on the wall there. They, they are things that God has been saying to us to equip you for the next part of your journey. If you go back some time ago, I've often spoken that When you're walking with God, you can only start from where you're at. A lot of people make the mistake of thinking, I want to start from there. Because this place isn't so good. I've made some terrible mistakes here. There's a lot of shame or anxiety or fear or whatever it is that you're you're carrying at that moment. And I want to be over there. Well, that's good. Head for there, but you've still got to start here. If you want to go to London this afternoon, you can't start in York. All right, you, It's physically impossible for you to start your journey to London this afternoon from York because right now you're in Scarborough and you'll have to go to York first if you want to go via that route. 
It's the same in the things of God. You can only start, you can only be what you are, where you are. But then if you fix your eyes on Jesus, you will start going in the right direction. And I think that's why this emphasis from God has been so strong. There's also been this word, uh, it, uh, it came in a prophetic word at this, but also it came out in days of favour, the idea of a shift. There's a shift happening. And I was thinking about this and praying about this at different times this week, and I thought, well, sometimes in a car, you shift down a gear. And the reason you shift down usually is because you want the engine to do more work. It's usually you're going to go uphill or, or something like that, or accelerate even quicker, perhaps. So you shift down in the car so that the engine can give you that extra power to move forwards. Because there's going to be more work done. So, uh, from an engineering point of view, the car engine is going to be doing more work to enable you to get up that hill, shall we say. And do you know what? I think this uh, past year or so, it's like we took a shift down. Because we've been going uphill. We've been ascending a hill. We've been going higher in the things of God. It's not always felt like it because there's been a lot more work sometimes. It's like, this is hard. Well, that's because we've been shifting down. And I see this next part of the season that God goes in is you've reached the top of the hill and you're changing back up the gears because now it's the time to move forward uh, and, and to sort of enjoy the view that God's given you as you've gone up that mountain. It wasn't great sometimes going up those corners up that mountain. Yeah, maybe it's better to think of it as a bike because then on a bike you really know you're going to have to pedal and work individually harder. And, and you know, you're sweating and you're, well, if you mean you've got off, but if you're, you know, you're sweating and you're continuing to cycle, then you get to the top, you shift through the gears, up through the gears, and you sail along so much faster. Because you got to that higher place and the view before you is amazing, except if it's the UK and it'd be fog. But, you know, just stay with me. Brilliant views, you're at the top. So I think as we, take, as we shift, it's not just shift and something changes. It's like the shifting up through the gears to go into this next season that God's taken us to do. But as we do that, evermore has been this focus of fixing our eyes on Jesus, running the race and that wonderful, complete impossibility of running the race and resting at the same time. Because the race is being run in God's strength, not our own. We actually have got an engine, if you like, but it's God's strength. So how do you run and rest at the same time while you look at Jesus? If we focus on what we've got to go through, if we focus on the difficulties of trying to rest and run at the same time or getting this done and getting that done, though these things have to be done, whatever they are, if they become our focus, they're like donuts. I don't know about you, my, my, if I fixate on donuts, I start to resemble one. <laughs> you do become what you look at. Yeah, I'm sugary with something sweet on the inside. But no, you know, you do resemble. So we look to Jesus, so we become like Jesus. But how do you do it? Is it some sort of, is it some sort of mystical you know, game that you play of, yes, I've been looking at Jesus today. And he's in his white robes and his long blonde hair and blue eyes. And I'm now in such a good... 
Well, the most place you're going to find looking at Jesus is reading the word and understanding the word because that's what he's given us. Not some romantic picture of a Jesus that doesn't really exist. So last week, we looked at Ephesians. We looked at some of the background of the book of Ephesians before we read from it so we could understand what situation Paul was writing into. And we found that in Ephesus... Uh, where, the first, where it was first read, if you were like, they were surrounded by pagan temples. As they walked down their streets from wherever they lived, before their physical eyes was just temple after temple after temple, with the great temple, one, a wonder of the world at the time of Artemis, with its great stone columns and statues, being a real focus of everything for that town. And it would have been so easy to allow that to fill their minds. Today, we don't have a temple of Diana or Artemis in Scarborough, but the temples of social media and politics and everything else is all around us. They frame and shape our world. And if we spend our time looking in those things, that will shape us. So God's saying, get your shaping, get your focus from the Word. Because we live in an increasing world where the Word is increasingly at odds with the worldview. Sometimes in subtle ways, but sometimes in completely obvious ways. Our eyes on Jesus. So as we read through that letter that Paul wrote last week, pardon me, in our spiritual blessings in Christ, remember, praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ because he chose us in him. We're fixing our eyes on Jesus. In this case, in that passage, we're looking at who we are in Christ. You see, if you know who you are, if you know what God has said about you, when all the things that come contrary to that, you know it's just donuts. It's just distractions. It's just going to make you fat. It's just going to make you unfit. It might be very attractive and tasty. A lot of what goes on in the world is fantastically entertaining and, you know, people want to be part of it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there in the first place. But the true health, the true way, is Jesus. So we looked at what it was to be in Jesus. And we got through to verse 14 there. One of the key things that I, for me that's in that passage from last week was about the fact that we are chosen. Chosen for such a time as this, if we go to the book of Esther, but chosen with a purpose and a destiny. Every person sat in this room, God individually chose by name. And said, fix your eyes on Jesus. I have a wonderful plan, a wonderful purpose for you. Sometimes we struggle to think, really? Yes, really. Because God's God. He can make a masterpiece of anything. In fact, he deliberately chose the foolish things of this world. If you sometimes feel like the world is just a little bit better than you are in in many areas, that's because it is. (laughs) But in Christ, you are precious and wonderful and capable and anointed and you can really go for it. You're going to do things that you would never have done without God. When Jesus said, follow me, he isn't going to take you down to the beach to lie in the sunshine. He's taking you hiking, swimming, mountain climbing, bike riding, 
hiking through snow. He's taking you on adventures. He's taking you to places you thought you would never go. He's not some drippy, boring twerp skipping through the daffodils singing songs from the sound of music. He's a dynamic, active hero. When he told his disciples to pray, your kingdom come, he wasn't saying, lie on your breads and drippily dream of a wonderful time when I've come back again. He was saying, pray now, your kingdom come. That's why you're called with a purpose. You're not called just to, oh, I see, I'm saved now. I can go and be with Jesus in a special room in heaven forever. You're called for such a purpose now, which is to see the kingdom come. You're chosen for now. Which is why when Jesus spoke to the cows, he said, repent. The kingdom of God is at hand. You can begin to live in the fullness of the kingdom of heaven right now. Repent. Change the way you've been thinking. Metanoia in Greek. Change the way you've thought about it and see this earth can change right now by the rule and the reign of King Jesus. He didn't go into full details at that point. Being established in your life. Look, I'll show you what the kingdom looks like. And he worked miracles. Because heaven changes earth. God's will being done here as it is in heaven. No sickness in heaven. No abuse in heaven. All these things that we live through here on earth, it's about a people who will pick up the banner and say, yes, that's what I'm here for. Christians were once called, from a derogatory point of view, little Christs, Christians. It's become our badge of honour, because actually that's what we are. In the sense of we are in Christ. Incarnations of him, if you like. So just after this, we'll come to this in a minute. Paul says, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking... Well, I'll stop there, actually. Verse 15 and 16, I just read in that first chapter. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Now, Paul was responsible for starting the church in Ephesus. If you remember, we talked about it. He had Priscilla and Aquila with him. And he left them in charge. But... And he went back other times. But at the time of writing this letter, he hasn't been there for some time. And this isn't in a day of easy postal services. And it's certainly not a day of social media. He can't check their Facebook page and look at their photos and get the latest reports. He's, He's not had much connection. So he's obviously had something that's come to him that's he's heard about what's going on in Ephesus. And it's got him excited. It's got him thankful. And he's saying, for this reason, well, he's just outlaid outlaid all these reasons in the sense of who we are in Christ. And somehow there's been a connection between what he's just spoken and what he's heard is going on in Ephesus. And so what we're going to do right now is a little bit of discussion. In a minute, you're just going to turn in groups where you are. I don't know, about four-ish, five-ish. Just mess the chairs up. And... 
have a, a think together. Don't worry about getting the right answer. That's, that's not what it's about. It's a discussion. It's a, it's a bringing some thoughts out there. And think, what did Paul see? What was it he was getting a report about in Ephesus that was causing him to be obviously excited and now enshrined in the Bible? So it was important. What, what was it he heard? Uh, so you need to look at verse 15 and 16. You can look back at what he's been writing. But then just use your imagination. So it, it, you're not going to know for absolute sure. But what do you think Paul heard was going on in Ephesus? Okay? You're only going to have a, uh, three or four minutes to do that. Then I'm going to ask you something else. We shall also have about three or four minutes to talk about. I know you thought it was time to switch off and go to sleep and just listen to a sermon and it's DIY today. But there you go. We're just opening it up to all the preachers in the room. Not that anybody is to just dominate their group by preaching, of course. Listen to one another as well. So, off you go. In those groups of uh, four or five, mess all the chairs up. They don't have to stay in rows. They'll be going away afterwards anyway. And uh, have a chat. What was it that got Paul excited about Ephesus? And remember, you're using your imagination. You're not, you've not got to prove it. It's just what you think. Uh, if you haven't got access to a Bible, there's a few in the library over there uh, by the fire exit. Hallelujah. Okay. Just bring that little bit. Stay where you are, because uh, we're just going to extend that conversation now. Let me read that scripture again, those two verses again. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Okay, so he's seen, or rather he's heard about something that others have seen and have told him about, something that's caused him to be thankful. Okay? Something about their faith in, the Jesus and, faith in Jesus and the love that's being demonstrated. And then he goes on to say, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Okay? I pray also that your eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Okay, I'll stop there for a minute. Now what you're going to do is, again, using your imagination, but we're using imagination to tell a story which reveals truth. What does that actually mean? Well, what I want you to imagine by way of a story is Paul writing a letter today about Kingdom Faith Church in Yorkshire. This one. And imagine he writes, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, I've not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. And then he prays, I keep asking that the Lord of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. So, what you've got to try and do now is think, okay, first of all, imagine, but talk about reality, what 
would Paul hear from his fellow travellers? Timothy had been to Ephesus. Imagine Timothy had spent some time here. What would Timothy see and then report back to Paul that would make Paul happy about what was going on here in the name of Jesus? That bit, that's fairly interesting to talk about. Then the next tricky bit is, imagining he is seeing things, why did then Paul write that next bit? Because I think he would still write exactly the same today. Let's check it again. So having got excited and thankful, he then talks about the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the eyes of your heart being enlightened, in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. How would that speak to us as a church in the light of what somebody's seen and Paul is thankful about? Quite a little bit of a mixture going on there. Okay, so start with, the place to start is, first of all, what has Paul seen? What would St. Paul hear about that he would be thankful about? Okay, because in fact what we're doing is fixing our eyes on Jesus. We're looking at what Jesus is doing amongst us already. It's not saying we're perfect, but Jesus is definitely here. Okay, so try that. And obviously there should be similarities. That's why we started with the Ephesians. Now it's the Scarboreans. Off you go. Hallelujah. So, some people find this kind of thing easier than others. Some people can be nervous about others listening to what they're saying because you think, I don't know as much as the others. But the whole point of this is that we are the body. We are the body of Christ. And um, what we are talking about, well, verse 13, you also were included. Some of us are better expressing ourselves. Some of us can talk about what we're thinking a lot easier than others. But you were also included. And there is a richness that is in every single person. And one of the reasons for having a Sunday like this, rather than me mostly talking, because it is my gift to do that, and I should do that, is to remind all of us that there's a richness in every one of us. There's truth in every one of us. There's been a lot of people speaking out the truth. Um, Towards the end of this little passage, we're coming back to that in a minute, I haven't finished. Towards the end of this passage... Uh, Paul writes, having talked about Christ and who we are in Christ uh, and the power that is within us, he says, And God placed all things under his feet, Jesus, and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Just, Just look at that little passage for a minute. The body is the fullness of Christ. It's, it, it, for some, to me, almost inexplicable reason, other than his incredible love, Jesus has, or the Trinity have decided that Jesus is not full without the body. That's why you're included. 
That's whether you found this little exercise easy or hard. You're part of it. You are called. You are chosen for such a time as this. Because Christ can only be revealed in fullness through all his body. Whether you're someone that's more noticeable or someone that's more quiet or somebody that's obviously talented and gifted or somebody that doesn't feel so much that. You're included because only the fullness of Christ can be seen when the whole body are part of it. It's not surprising because Christ in himself, in God, is not full. The Father's not the fullness of God. The Spirit's not the fullness of God. You can only see the fullness of God in the Trinity, but now Paul is revealing to us through the Scripture that the fullness of God is only seen when the church, his body, is linked in Christ and therefore in that Trinity. You've heard me say many times before, but it's definitely worth repeating. The names of the Trinity are really fascinating because they're all relationship. We could have had the powerful one, the precious one, the beautiful one. They would have been good names for the persons of the Godhead. They all described them. But that wasn't the names they've chosen. They've chosen names that only make sense in relationship because the Trinity is relationship, because the message of God is relationship and restoration into that place of relationship. Not just as a bunch of individuals. It's good to talk about our personal saviour, but we all come together in fullness to relate to God as the community of God. Do you get what I'm saying? I just want to ask a few things around the room. I'll go to the back first because... Those are always the people that have been trying to hide. <laughs> yes, Anne. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anne, would you mind sharing anything that came up in your group about what Paul might be thankful for that's been seen in Kingdom Faith Scarborough? That we work as a body and we, we sort of knit together and we walk in the fullness of Jesus and to encourage one another I think what is happening in this church is so much going on that, that the Lord is, is pleased with what's happening in Kingdom Faith, that we work as a body or in the community and we're working close together just to, as he would want us to, you know, just, oh, just to oh, be... It's good. No. <laughs> the voice. Yeah, it's, it's just, I think it's just knitting together and just to walk and, and keeping our eyes focused on him, regardless of situations. Don't look at the negative, just keep looking at the positive and keep looking at Jesus. Regardless of what's around us, we've got to walk with him. Amen, that's good. So what we're looking at is Jesus rather than donuts. We could look at things that are wrong, but this morning we're just celebrating what, what we have in Jesus. Let's try a different uh, group. Teresa, would you mind saying something? Definitely not you? Okay, good, 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 good. He's going for it. Here he is. Oh, all right then. <laughs> I, um, so Jesus was um, raised from the dead and he was seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places above all the rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named in this age and in the age to come. And he's put all things under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church. 
which is in the body of the fullness, who fills in all things. So as Jesus was put in the heavenly realms, and we're in Jesus, and this church, Kingdom Faith Yorkshire, is in, we're in Jesus. That's our position. We're in, Jesus, we're in the heavenly realms with Jesus. That's where, where our authority is. That's where our position is. So as can, I, can I interrupt you? Because what you're saying is excellent and brilliant. But I want to know what you can see. What might somebody see so that I, demonstrates that? So I can see that when we go through life and we've got things that we need things that we need in life. That's our position. Our position is seated in the heavenly realms, in, in Jesus, in this place, what it says here, in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus. Okay, that's good too. Now, what might somebody see that shows that truth? Because at the moment, it's still truth, which is true and right. But how do you see it? Don't know. <laughs> well keep going then what, what do you see because I think that is, this is really important alright Andrea ok so if, if Paul was here right, I think he'd look and see a missional church because this church has a plan and it's reaching out to different categories of people yeah and it's open all week so he, it's, it's, it's a place that is active and successful. So I think he would stand up there, he would see how, God, how God's plan is active here. Okay, that's great. I think without what Roy said, you need, the, you need those both coming together. Okay? You need the truth of what Roy said. You need what you've said. Anything else, the way you could... Does anybody want to... Oh, it's, it's a difficult question in some ways. How do you see this passage of Ephesians? Do you want to have a go? Right, what I think Paul would have said when he would see when he came here is this is a church that turns non-believers to believers, that makes faith grow deeper, and that just the, everybody here... It does focus on Jesus, maybe not every single minute of every single day, but quite a lot of the time in their lives. And that the faith in this church, it, it grows. And for everybody I know who came here as a non-believer, I've always felt God's presence here. And that's not always felt in other churches. Okay, so you've, you've brought something extra then. because So from Roy we've got truth. And we have to base it on the truth. Jesus is the truth. You were talking about being missional. And you're really, at the end there, you were going into uh, sort of the spiritual aspect of people just feeling that presence of God. I'll I'll come back to that. There's obviously lots more that could be said. But let me just uh, bring everything together because we're running out of time. Um, So I apologise if you've got something really good to say and I didn't get to you. Uh, I think this is what... What you're tapping on there is what Paul's going on to. You've all kind of reflected the teaching of Paul in what was being said as I went around the room, from um, Anne to Roy. Uh, But he outlines our blessings in Christ. He talks about who we are in Christ. Then he says, I've heard about you, and I'm really thankful Well, if you hear about somebody, it's because of what people have seen. 
and you can't see what they know in their head unless they do something with it. Do you see what I mean? And I think this is the shift we're, we're moving into. There's some fantastic knowledge of Scripture which we will never stop learning from at any point. But the, part of the shift is as we step into the truth of what we know. So all these spiritual blessings and knowing that we're chosen, it's like, I am actually chosen. I am actually included in the body. I am actually part of the fullness of God. So how does that affect Tuesday? (laughs) What difference is that going to make Friday afternoon? And it's beginning to see these things. I mean, Paul does talk about the love for the saints in that expression. So that's the love they have one for another. But if it only was the love for one another, it becomes... It becomes a community that eventually withers and dies, a bit like the Dead Sea only has an inlet, so it's not a healthy sea. And there's been lots of community churches. They particularly started in the 80s and 90s, and quite a lot of them don't exist anymore. They became strong groups, but they didn't look out. It's so easy when you've got great friends to become a clique that doesn't allow others in. And there must be a determination in every one of us to remain porous in the sense of people being able to come in to who we are. And it's difficult because you want to hang out with your friends. But I think the reality is... So that's why Paul talks about here, in this context... I pray also that you may have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Because wisdom and revelation enables you to live it. It's not just about more secrets. It's about how you apply that secret to life. This is, this is exciting stuff. I, I, Christianity that's just reading a book and studying a book and getting degrees, although we do a, a BA degree here, it's boring. It's got to change the world. That's what it's got to be. Your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. Otherwise, we're not living what Jesus gave us. You know, when Jesus ascended into heaven, he he gave us that real... See, sometimes our focus is on the cross. Of course it is. Sometimes our focus is on the resurrection. But there was also an ascension. And sometimes we like to forget about that because it sounds a little bit spooky. This idea of someone being taken up into heaven. You know, what's going on there? Jesus is showing us the reality of he is alive now. He's not literally up in the sky. Heaven's another dimension that we we don't see. I was going to do something on that, but I'll miss that that up. But he's in another dimension that that is touching every point of this dimension at all times. It's a very... The reason he ascended was to show that physical person that he is is real and alive. And still is today, in the fullness of the Godhead. So, Paul is saying, I pray that you will know the riches of his glorious inheritance, because we can call on everything from that dimension of heaven. We talk about pulling down, but really it's probably pulling through from the dimension of heaven. But pulling down is our language. To see those things manifest right now. Faith, hope, love. 
we really haven't got to a, an end in, this, in, in where we are this morning. We've got to leave it sort of hanging. But I think the important thing is to see that fixing our eyes on Jesus, running a race, there's something very, very practical about it. It changes everything we do. It changes how we live. This Saturday, the next Saturday coming up, we have the variety night. What's that got to do with what we've been talking about? It's a night to enjoy one another's company and see Jesus in one another in a way we don't normally. I mean, some of the acts I've heard about, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a really great evening. But it's just sharing food together. If we don't hang out together, we can't really discover what it is to be the fullness of Christ. Discover beauty in one another. Even the ones we might normally find difficult. In both directions. In all directions. Um, so please, I'm just reading the pink note in here. It says, book in and pay with Joanne today. Oh, that's... This is Joanne, if you've not met Joanne. I'm on the clipboard. She has a clipboard. Booking for your tickets for food. Tickets available for all. Um, we've got all the acts. But if you're performing, make sure you are booked in as well. <laughs> Hallelujah. But that's all part of it. The following week is deeper. I know, it's suddenly upon us. I mean, for that, you need to see John. John, stand up. The tickets are a fiver for that. Children are free. But um, I'll be speaking. Sally Norman will be speaking. Um, possibly others haven't put everything together yet. But it's about fixing our eyes on Jesus that weekend. We haven't got a guest speaker. I believe that's deliberate of God. It's not because I just couldn't be bothered to organise one. God has never given me a person and said, this is it. And it's because it will be part of this shift that's taking place in us. I mean, I'm sure others will come and join us, and that's good. We have the wider extended family, but it's also just about being together. We've come up this hill, and now we're going to go along this mountaintop together. This church is going to grow. But it will grow because we are putting into place what is already here, but so that people see it. Claire and I were at a monitoring and evaluation meeting on Friday. doesn't sound very exciting, does it? But, you know, it was exciting because there were just so many people there that were excited about what they have seen here. They would have taken the report to Paul. I'm not talking about Christians. I'm talking about people from all different walks of life. They've seen something that makes a difference in the community. And because it's linked to finding people giving us money to make things happen, which we've just been given more to extend our projects again to December while they do a big thing, which is amazing. It's amazing. You should have, oh, praise God at that point, but I'm talking quietly so you didn't didn't spot it. (laughs) So it was amazing to be on the end. There was at one point um, a a chap who wasn't really being negative. It was so mild criticism, but it was along the lines of what on earth is a church here for when we're talking about monitoring and evaluating. And he was like, leapt on by others, sort of, well, they're here because they do this and they do this and they do this and they do this. And it was really funny because Claire and I were sitting at the table and we said nothing because others just spoke for us that are not part of what we do here. 
but recognize that there's something here. We know who the something is. And we want to see people come into the fullness of that. But also the kingdom is about seeing the rule and the reign of Jesus. And all that is good, changing a community. Sometimes people get confused between, is it good works or is it preaching to see people saved? It's, it's everything. It's being a light. It's not just preaching a good message. It's having a reason for people to listen to the good message. Oh, praise God. And finally, this is like preaching, notices, Bible study, everything all together today. I've got some really exciting news. Would you like to hear exciting news? More exciting news. I know. There's so much. Yeah, this, this is really cool. Um, this week, Alex and Claire did a re, uh, sort of like spies going into the promised land. They did, they did a reconnaissance trip because, as you know, Faith Camp has finished. It's turning into a pantomime now. Faith Camp has finished, but f- out of the ashes will rise something new. And we have had such a response from people, uh, 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 both here and that we want to do something because we don't want to lose that special time. You know, it's been a very special time, lots of us uh, being away together. And what are some of the key things with, the, with, with Faith Camp? It's being away together. The children having the freedom to run around and really enjoy playing with one another. Meeting with God, both for the adults and the children. It's awesome how the children get some great worship experiences and, you know, have a really great time. I remember when our children were little, they used to say uh, that church is boring, but they knew God wasn't boring because they liked faith camp. Well, hopefully our kids aren't going to say church is boring, but we want them to have a wonderful, awesome camp. Yeah, and it's, it's that, it's, and, and it's an opportunity to learn and, and, to, and to hear from God and to worship together. So we want to put something like that together, but we didn't think, that this was going to be like bringing a guest speaker. We have this for that particularly, and deeper normally, where we bring in an outside speaker or speakers and they bring the prophetic word and everything. And of course, it's Paul and Sue Manwaring next year, but it's going to be good. And should be James Maloney the year after that, so that'll be... But, but for the camp, we just want to be away together. Okay? Well, we found a place near Thirsk. So we're looking at the middle of August, the Saturday is the 16th, but we'll probably go Thursday to the Saturday. I mean, there's so much to come together, uh, to the Sunday, yeah, sorry, Thursday to the Sunday, finishing Sunday lunchtime. That's, that's our current thoughts from the leadership. But we're, gonna, we're pulling together um, a, a small group of people who are basically going to run with it, and we'll come back to you. But uh, yeah, it's a great location, it's got places for us to meet, places for the children to meet, it's thirst, so it's not too far. There's a, uh, you can camp on site. They're used to having uh, caravans. There are a very limited number of electric hookups, for example. Um, it, it, uh, they're used to doing a Christian camp on site. It's like everything we want in a neat little package. We just have to undo the bow. There's even a premier in nearby for those who don't want to camp. Okay? <laughs> But camping is a good part of the experience, and we are going to enable that as well, and obviously open up. So get those dates in your diary. We'll give you more details. Costing it out, and obviously we always have a principle of everybody taking part, so, but costing it out, it's probably going to be around £50 per person to pay for everything that we need to pay for and make sure everything is good. So an awful lot cheaper than Faith Camp.
And um, Adrian was telling me of, was it Brian and Sarah's church or another? Yes. Yeah. Brian and Sarah's church in Hull, they did a very similar thing. And by the time they costed it out, it was £100 each. So this is remarkable, especially given the facilities that we'll have to use. We won't be, our main meeting won't be in a tent. It will be in a, a proper building thing that's different, which is nice. It won't be chilly and cold if it's raining or whatever. It won't have the full faith camp feel of the smell coming through the floor, you know, as we did in the original days. But, uh, no, it's a really great thing. So I'm telling you that now so you can get the dates in your diary because obviously you need to take a couple of days off work to fully take part. And we're going to call it This Camp. Well, that's the formal name. But as we've got this event, it's kind of that camp. And then we've got Tother Conference in the autumn called Deeper. <laughs> so we do now have this, that and Tother informally. But no, it's this camp because it will go on our uh, this.events web, web, uh, web domain. So that's just to let you know. And, uh, well, we'll get some more names of people that are definitely behind it because we need, obviously we need a lot of people who want to do it for it to work. So. But that's where we're at. Really hot off the press. Only this week. Alex has just learnt something new, and he went to actually do the reconnaissance. So there you go. <laughs> and that's just a week, Alex. This is Kingdom Faith Dolce. We move around here. Have an absolutely awesome week. Bless you, everybody. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources by Kingdom Faith and for our other audio and video podcasts, please visit kingdomfaith.com forward slash Yorkshire.